Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast, the culmination and brainchild of my own love for cars, but also my determination to ensure that nobody ever goes to what I've been through. That is hating their nine to five and living only for the weekends. I heard this thing once, people who are at the top of their field are most likely to also be healthy, keep in shape, exercise and eat the right stuff. Now, whilst of course there are exceptions to to this rule, I can personally testify to the power of changing unhealthy habits, exercising regularly and leading a healthy lifestyle. My own life took a positive turn pretty much as soon as I started to lose weight, watch what I eat and cycle into the gym. I feel much better mentally as a direct result of the healthy habits that I have now developed. It's therefore that I am so excited to have a true leader in the health and well-being space, an accomplished personal trainer, entrepreneur and soon to be all across your TV screens as he sets out to embark on an acting career. Alex Crockford is by far one of the most humble, kindest and thoughtful people I've ever met. What really inspired me though during this interview was how he overcame one of the most challenging parts of his life, being sacked from his job with nothing to fall back on. He describes in this interview how this was actually the life-changing event that set him off to realising his own true potential. And as we're talking, I just couldn't help but realise just how similar our experiences are. Despite this setback, Alex's achievements to date are just phenomenal. Not only has he been at the helm of CrocFit, an app that delivers training programmes for use in the gym or at home, which saw a boom during the COVID pandemic and the national lockdowns here in the UK, he is considered one of the most influential figures in fitness, with a massive online community made up of over a million people. He's modelled for top international brands and he's been on the cover of Muscle and Fitness and Men's Fitness whilst appearing in multiple national and international publications, including British GQ. Alex has worked with some of the world's biggest brands, including Under Armour, Netflix, Spotify, Fitbit and loads more. All the while completing, wait for it, please, 5,578 burpees over a 24-hour period for charity. I present to you Alex Crockford. But I could tell that the, the benefits I was experiencing from having a, a healthy lifestyle building muscle and confidence within myself was like a superpower and felt amazing, not just for fitness activities, but for life overall. All of your dreams and goals are completely possible. You'll reach them and beyond what you can even imagine right now. So just keep going. Welcome to the podcast, man. It's so good to have you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Really looking forward to having a chat with you. Let's do it, man. I'm going to kick things off right off the bat, Alex. 5,578 is a big number. Depends what you're doing. (laughs) What does that number mean to you? Does it ring a bell? It certainly does. That number is ingrained into my body and mind forever. And I bet the the listeners are probably wondering what the hell you're going on about. But I'm really happy that you brought it up. I I just I read. That, I was like, I have to read it about four times. Uh, for those who are listening or will, or will be listening, um, that's the number of burpees I believe you completed in one go over a how many hours was it? Twenty four hour. Twenty four hours. Five thousand five hundred seventy eight. Alex, what on earth um, possessed you? to do something like this man just talk us the journey and how how all happened yeah um in my fitness career and journey I was at the point where I I really I was laying in bed one night 
thinking about things that could I could do to one give back to challenge myself um, and three inspire others in some crazy way and um, it just popped into my head late at night it's like I could raise money I could do something so disgusting that um, like everybody hates burpees so why don't I just do it for 24 hours it led me down the route of thinking let's actually do this um, and many months later I applied also for Guinness World Record and went through the whole application of doing all of that, which it, I didn't. I don't think I got close. I think it was a, a couple or a few thousand away. But the mindset of knowing that I was doing that 24 hours and wasn't going to achieve it and carrying on is a different topic about mindset, which we can talk about. But um, yeah, I just thought let's push myself. And I knew that something so difficult would bring me so many lessons as it did, whilst also along the lines of wanting to raise money for a mental health charity, support others who are going through difficult journeys. And I thought if I can put myself through physical and mental pain for 24 hours, I know that that is just for 24 hours whereas somebody with a, a mental health difficulty has to live with it every second of the day. Mm -hmm. So it was my chance to just give back and um, show some support. What was the, um, what was the hardest, um, the hardest bit of the challenge? Like what was that a specific point in time or a specific number that comes to mind when you thought, man, this is, uh, this is getting pretty tough now. Oh, it was a whole journey. You know, do you know how long 24 hours is when you're awake for 24 <laughs> hours? Wow, it's it's a really long time. But um, I think probably around halfway because the time of day that I started uh, was 1 or 2 p.m. So halfway was in the middle of the night and I already knew that I was physically in a really bad place. So to go through so much and to realize I'm halfway now was a mental challenge but from then on I knew that I was counting down hours to the end um which was useful rather than counting up to halfway there's like a, a mental thing when you know you have more to do than what you've done versus you have less to do than what you've already done yeah yeah that makes sense and I mean for those who um you know who, for those that weren't there or didn't see this just paint us a picture as to the kind of the setup and the format and where you were and just kind of give us an idea of how it all kind of looked when you were when you were actually there yeah I made a whole event I was on a rooftop of a friend's gym in east london um we we made a whole event area that people could come within the 24 hours and visit and do some burpees alongside of me had the music pumping I had um, a little gazebo for me underneath so it wasn't too sunny um a mat area cameras from two different angles um, information around for the sponsors and the the mind charity, um, and then through through peaks of the day, there were a good amount of people doing burpees with me. The the energy and the vibes were high and feeling good. And then there were times in in the middle of the night where there was just maybe a few of us, and I had to push myself through. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't think I. I did all the training I needed to do. There's a learning process um, that I needed to go through and I wasn't fully prepared for it. And by about halfway onwards, I was physically in a really bad place. But for some weird reason, I'm kind of grateful for how <laughs> uh, what bad position I was in physically because only then was I able to tap into what was required in my mind right, right. to keep going and carry on, to really feel like it was that difficult and to not give up has taught me so many lessons and given me so much um so much mental capacity for everything that I've done since then and I mean I want to I want to go a lot deeper into that in a, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes but um just before that I, I want to understand what is it or what were the things that kept you going um, throughout this challenge? Because I think that a lot of people, I mean, there's so many life lessons, I'm sure you learned that we, you know, we, we would all learn through something that is really, really hard. 
but I found that um, buried deep inside our mind, when the going gets tough, there is always something that kind of keeps us going that goes way beyond um, our basic kind of desire for stuff. It goes, it goes, it's, it's, it's not always money. It's not always fame. It's something that's a lot more deeper. I'd love to understand what is it that made you continue even when you're at, you know, 2,252, whatever it is. Um, just kind of just talk us through what was going through your mind at the time and, and, and what, what, what kept you going. I think what resonates with me with what you just said is unlocking or revealing what our truest potential is and what we are really actually capable of. So when the, when the, when the going gets tough and it's really hard and we really want to stop, that's when I thought, well, I'm in the perfect opportunity and moment here to keep pushing to see actually how far can I physically go? How much can I keep pushing? How much is this immediate pain barrier or discomfort of wanting to stop that we face in a 30 minute workout or an hour workout or a little 5k jog or something? How much further can the body and mind actually go beyond that? And there aren't many opportunities to really experience or investigate that within us. So I wanted to use that opportunity to do that. So at the same time that I was really (laughs) hating myself for making myself go through this and what a stupid idea this was, at the same time I realized the opportunity I had to push myself. And also I think I have the personality of of conviction. When I say I'm going to do something, I will see it through to the end, almost stubbornly, more with myself than anyone else if somebody says it's time that you um, should stop or give up I will probably become even more stubborn to see I will push through right to the end and that in the burpee challenge crosses over to many other aspects of my life whether it's other physical challenges or career goals or uh, other life aspects in general and sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad sometimes you need to know when is the right time to divert, switch or change and having that awareness um, of the journey that you're on. But for most part, most people need to flick that switch and mm-hmm. keep going rather than stopping and giving up when it gets tough. Yeah, the um, the analogy I often think about is, is, is the matrix. And that I think it's the blue and the red pill. And um, I think um, I think people often... Not, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, life is this kind of incredibly valuable and precious thing. And I think at some point in our life, we have to decide which pill to go for. And um, when you commit, you you go down a roller coaster of things. But I think that what's really interesting is when, when I speak to many people who have achieved so much success in their respective fields, one of the common things that I find is that grit, that desire to keep going when the when the going gets tough. And I think, um, like when I, I can so relate to the idea that you want to see how far you can push yourself. Like I can clearly recall, like when I was when I was massively overweight and I was really unhealthy. When I began to lose the weight, my PT said to me, "Do you want to do an eight week lean out?" And the eight-week lean-out was basically a um, a program whereby you train pretty much every single day with, like, a bit of cardio on a Wednesday and a Sunday. Everything was, like, controlled in terms of food. I would get, like a, I would get literally a recipe every Sunday for the whole week. I couldn't snack. It was whatever was in that document. And I remember, like, three weeks in um, – well, actually, the, the, the reason I, just, I, I did it was not because of any other reason apart from it was a genuine curiosity to see what my body could do in eight weeks time. It was it was never for, you know, um, looking great or I mean, that was, you know, that was like on the side. But the main thing was 
I want to experiment. How far could I push this thing of mine that for so long I've neglected and 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 uh, not not kind of giving it the love that I I I probably should. Um, I want to go into what you said earlier about um, this idea of giving back, and I think it's so important. Where does that desire to want to give back come from, Alex? I'm not too sure about its origin or where it began, but I think I've always had the desire, hence my career path and being a personal trainer um, has always been to help others. And I think before I was even a personal trainer, I wanted to do it for myself. I was in football, I was in basketball, I went to college, I started um building confidence, building strength, building muscle for my sports and for myself. And I personally realized and felt a transformation in myself from being fit, being active, being strong. And not that I came from a really inactive or overweight or unhealthy place, but I could tell that the the benefits I was experiencing from having a, a healthy lifestyle building muscle and confidence within myself was like a superpower and felt amazing, not just for fitness activities, but for life overall. Um, even though it was you know, a confusing time of being a, a teenager or a young adult and things like that. But when I came into adult times, I knew that this was a fantastic thing to, to have in regards to a lifestyle. So when I came into personal training, I knew that the lifestyle that it that it and the mindset that comes with it is something that everybody should experience as a foundation a healthy mind a, a spiritual foundation in in who you are um, is an incredible foundation for life as a whole so when i um, went into personal training that was one of my key elements of i've got this person in front of me it's not just about let's burn as many calories in this session or or build a bicep or something it's how can i try and um infiltrate their <laughs> their habits their mind to spark an interest to transform their life um so later on through those years when realizing that mental health issues and depression was on the rise and a big problem it affected me not because i've been through intense bouts of depression or anything like that but because I know the contrast uh, I know how good it feels when you are feeling fantastic so it just affected me because I wanted to help as many people as possible go through the transition that I've very commonly seen in my clients and from friends or people around me once they um once they go through the the various difficult elements of taking control of their life and and loving themselves and building that that healthy foundation so that was just one of the ways whether it's raising money and awareness pushing myself into (laughs) mental challenge to show it um, that was one of the ways and since then I've been doing different either challenges or campaigns and I think we're filming this during Mental Health Awareness Week as well, yes. and I've reshared some videos and talked to some friends who are who spend their careers in the mental health world as well. And I can I can so relate to that. I think like when I look back at again my 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 journey, I didn't quite see just how important just actually becoming physically healthy could have such a massive impact on such a wide variety of other areas in my life um you know not in in terms of you know building much more better habits at work um funny enough i found more energy at work which is really interesting um i remember clearly that you know my my anxiety and my <coughs> worries about my career and everything else kind of became a lot more addressable as a result of losing the weight because i felt more confident right I began to read more. And I, I, I look back at all the healthy things that I do now, both physically and also mentally, directly has a direct link to the, 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 the journey of 
losing weight and becoming healthier. But I, I remember reading this about about your your philosophy, which is about you know really kind of leaning into what people actually enjoy, and um, you know rather than prescribing you know someone to go swimming three times a week when they really love running, for example, is just ridiculous, right? How um, how important is it for people to recognize and understand what they actually enjoy um and to what degree does that kind of play a role in um this stuff that you then obviously tell people um how to make a start in 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 in, in, in developing a much more kind of healthier lifestyle i think everybody's personality is different and this question weighs up the difference between a short-term intense goal versus long-term healthy habits and behavior. And some people, like a big proportion of us, can do what you did, for example. We have eight weeks. Let's stay on this. We've got, an in, uh, we've got a diet plan. We have a training regime. And you can probably get through that period of time um, without enjoying it because for that period of time, um, you might be able to just push some priorities. Maybe your family time might just dip a little bit. Maybe your career time might just dip a little bit. Maybe your sleep might just dip a little bit. But you've got this set period of time. And we all have it, whether it's a birthday, a wedding, a Ibiza for the summer or something. We have these intense periods of time and we can get some great results. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. As long as we understand when we're going through it that are these habits that I'm creating and actions that I'm doing, are they sustainable? If they're not, then how am I going to progress this into a sustainable lifestyle? Um, And, and if they're not, how can I prevent just falling off and going way, way worse than what I was doing before, and just having that self awareness whilst you're going through the journey. So then that brings on the question of what does create a long term, sustainable, healthy routine. And you have to be doing something that you enjoy. Of course, there comes challenge and sweat and working hard, and you have to fall in love with that as well. But there's no point um, dragging yourself into an exercise method or an eating plan which just doesn't interest you whatsoever because it doesn't last long. And I, I've seen it thousands of times where um, somebody would want would push themselves to start something and it doesn't last long because it just doesn't fit into their their lifestyle and their enjoyment pattern. So if um, whether that's home workouts, gym workouts, playing sports, just being active, um, it has to be about what they enjoy, but it also has to link to their goals as well. If, if they do want to just lose weight, be slim, be healthy, then you don't have to go through an intense bodybuilding routine to to build the biggest pecs in your life you might get the results you want from hiking cycling doing some body weight exercises eating healthier and getting there so and then that's probably more achievable and sustainable than um, doing something that might not be as enjoyable to them so you've got to uh, i always if i'm talking to someone one-to-one or one-to-many it's an absolute key part is find something you enjoy. Can you see yourself doing this for a long period of time, five years, 10 years, forever, understanding that things might change and your preferences might change, but it's a, it's a key element for success. Uh, Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, I doubt I could, I could stick to my eight week program for the rest of my life and I haven't, (laughs) but I've I've tried as much as much as I possibly can to, to to keep the principles of what I learned. Yeah. But sometimes that, that results that you got in that eight weeks, like you said, built your confidence, gave you momentum, gave you self belief that something can happen. And like I said, with personalities being different, sometimes some people can, um, go intense for a short period of time to get that self-confidence as long as it doesn't damage future behavior. Um, and other people might need to start slower because there is a sense of being overwhelmed sometimes and thinking that I need to change everything at once to get results can feel overwhelming. So sometimes another way is to just focus on one aspect at a time. 
I've got no time to work out on top of my schedule at the moment. So working out isn't an option. What can I do? There's still um, a way to improve my sleep, my nutrition, my diet, even my um, mental health and positive thinking and goal setting. There's all of these things that can still be changed. Or I love working out. I just want to work out. I can't be bothered to think about improving my food right now. So let's just hit the gym or go for runs. And small changes can lead to some big results in the long run. And then what naturally happens is you feel quite inspired and motivated to then make another change. And this is what I coach all the time is um, I'm not wearing the t-shirt today, but I have a t-shirt that says progress over perfection. We don't need perfect habits to get perfect results. You just need to find a way to do some changes to work towards the the perfection, although it doesn't exist, um, which is better than yesterday. You just need to work towards it, not be perfect every day. And this prevents the mindset of all or nothing, falling off, starting again. The amount of, like, I, I know it because I've done it myself. Going back to the early um, fitness model days where I was transitioning into to trying to be on front cover of magazines and turn up to castings and stuff like that. I know the all or nothing approach and the start and stop and a binging and restriction cycle mm -hmm. routine. And it's not great for long-term results. It's not good for the mental health. And the, the best way to overcome that is to Never fall off, never start again. Don't tell yourself, right, today it's a fresh new start Monday. It's just a continuation. It's a journey, mm -hmm. just like everything else. Um, and I never need to be perfect. I just need to keep working on making improvements. That is so true. I mean, I, I remember my my self-talk at the time um when I was when I was when I first started training properly. <clears throat> and I remember telling people I'm on a diet <clears throat> and my my coach pulled me up one day and said, <clears throat> don't tell people and don't tell yourself you, 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 you want a diet. Tell yourself that you're on a journey. And automatically, that kind of changed the way that I thought about things in the sense that rather than think about it as a, like I said, an all or nothing approach, this was what was going to be a lifetime journey where I'm constantly making changes and improvements and learning from what I'm doing. And also not beating myself up so much when I had you know, a really bad snack at 10 p.m., right? You know, or, or you know, not going for the run in the morning. It was, it was being a lot more forgiving to myself because I recognised this, this is a long-term journey. But um, th there's so many, so many analogies that you, that are so relatable between the fitness world and becoming healthier to life as a whole. And I want to go into that a little bit more deeper because obviously with the burpee challenge as well, there's so many lessons. Talk us through kind of, the kind of um, lessons that you learned, um, both as a result of the burpee challenge, but also just just becoming more healthier, that you think are so relatable and so applicable in the world of, you know, mindset and I guess becoming becoming more more better as a as a as a as a as a as a human being, really. I think. One of the biggest things for me, which crosses over to all aspects of life, is is the simplicity of, well, it's certainly not simple because it's probably hardwired habit inside of us, and is, is to lean more on the positive way of thinking, the self-talk within. So when going through that burpee challenge, when looking at my career, when looking at my relationships or finances or anything, it's thinking about and getting excited about how this can get better, not how it's going to get worse. Yeah. And that optimistic, forward-thinking, goal-setting approach of being excited for what you're building versus what you're potentially losing or the position you're necessarily in right now is how I've based my whole life and mindset, really. I think how I continue to push myself in my career and life is because every time that I've reached a 
a short-term or not necessarily a short-term goal, but a goal I've got there and I've had a natural desire to be excited for the next thing. And very often I think people can go through life either pushing their goals deep within and forgetting about them, which becomes toxic, toxic because it becomes a bit of a regret that they're not doing anything. Um, and it's simply not fun, in my opinion, not going after something. I think we are humans and spiritual beings that are born to expand and want more in our life. And after achieving many of the goals when I was young, I thought would be my absolute biggest goal in my life. And when I get there, I'll be happy. And then when I realized I got there and it wasn't enough, I had to reconfigure what it was that this goal setting was about. How come I kept saying I'll be happy when I get to this thing and then I get there and I'm not happy or not as happy as I thought I would be? Luckily, it never went to anywhere dark and I just thought of the next thing that I wanted to make me happy. And then years through that journey, I've come to a place of realization now that happiness and satisfaction in life doesn't come from getting to where you want to be. It comes from the pursuit of working towards it. The journey is the destination. Yeah. Yeah. Dissatisfaction for me is when I'm not doing anything to go towards the thing I want to do. That caused me unhappiness, dissatisfaction. And as long as I'm making progress or taking actions towards where I want to be, it's fun. Like people probably feel on their weight loss journey, like you might have felt in that eight-week challenge or further down the line, is when you've got control of the workouts, the the diet and you're taking actions towards it. That's exciting and it's fun and you feel satisfied because you're working towards it. Sometimes more so or just as much as so as getting there mm-hmm. at your goal. Because when you get to your goal, you probably birth a new desire when you get there. So what's the point on holding on to your happiness until that brief moment of satisfaction? The happiness and satisfaction has to come from the journey towards it. And I know this from aspects of my many aspects of my career. Um, but one in particular, which is happening now, which is I'm becoming an actor now. And it's been in my body, in my mind for many years. I'm 31 now, but I remember in my early 20s or mid 20s, I would look at actors and movie stars and I really want to do that. And I dug it. I dug it within. I've got Crockford. I've got my fitness career. I've got lots of goals and things to achieve. And then, and then a good friend would say, "You should be an actor." And then, and then I'd see an Instagram comment saying, "Oh my God, you should be an actor." And then these emotions build up, and regret and anxiety builds because I'm not doing anything about it. As soon as I started to take actions towards it the anxiety and dissatisfaction goes. I'm not a movie star yet, but I'm taking actions towards it. And then that lowers all the stress. So I think all of this spiel is to say that as soon as you start taking action towards your goals, desires, and dreams, your happiness increases naturally, in my opinion. And that's one of the big lessons I've learned. You know, it's... um... I mean, without without consciously referencing my journey, but it's 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 so true because um, again, I remember <laughs> I remember this so clearly. Um, as part of my eight week challenge, I had to do a weekly a weekly weigh in, and it was one of those kind of really kind of you you all know about these kind of more sophisticated um, scales that measures your body fat and everything else. And my my goal was to get from sixteen percent body fat to like ten percent. That was that was the challenge. And I remember measuring it every single week. And one week I got, I hadn't, hadn't gone down in body fat percentage. And I remember getting really upset, like really upset. And again, I was called into the coach's office and he was like, stop. You've got to learn to enjoy this journey. Like almost like regardless of whether you get 10% or not, you've got to figure out at some point in this process and very soon that the 
the actual process and the journey towards this this 10% has to become enjoyable because otherwise you'll just you'll you'll your moods will go up and down you'll go through like this massive kind of like regret and frustration and i just remember thinking oh my god like that that's so true and it harks back to something i heard a few a few months prior to that which is in life you can either you can either work towards something and not enjoy it which is a big gamble because if you don't enjoy that process of achieving your goals then you're kind of banking on getting the result at the end and you'd have lost those those 10 years or 5 years of 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 trying to get to that goal and then you've lost that on two fronts you've lost that on those 10 years that you've spent trying to get there and then you haven't got the the end goal so it's better to kind of work towards something which even if you don't fully get there at the end you can at least say yeah but that was fun it was a fun five years or a fun 10 years and that's how i think about it um and i think this this idea of um kind of you mentioned it earlier about you know um this idea you know we should try and work towards things that are meaningful to us what would you say are things that prevent many people or stop many people from achieving their full potential Hmm. What first comes to mind is um, the the fear to dream. I think if we open up our minds to really clarify a goal that we truly want and it feels so big that it's not possible, it can lead to... Um, upset uh guilt or negative emotions around around it because most a lot of people struggle to take actions towards it especially if it feels unbelievable so i I think fear is often the biggest thing yeah to stop you but from my lessons and understanding is that is also one thing that can be built up with confidence And just like the weight loss journey and any fitness journey is when you start small, your confidence increases. So you can not necessarily say that you've got tiny dreams or goals, but if you set yourself up for success in something that you've aimed to achieve, it makes you think, oh, wait a minute, this is one thing that I really wanted to do. I know it's small, but I wanted it. And before I didn't have it, and now I do. I wonder what else I can dream. And each time that builds up bigger and bigger and bigger and the fear dissipates and the motivation, inspiration and self-belief increases in the bigger run. So if you go from being quite um, insecure and um, negative and don't feel like you can achieve anything, it wouldn't be wise to suddenly start dreaming and and i mean of course if you want to if you feel like you can believe and want to go for something massive then absolutely but it probably you probably will be dealing with a lot of internal conflict going on whereas if you start with something small and go for it it's like in your eight week weight loss journey going back to this reference we talk about a lot today is if you've got to get from 16 percent to 10 percent just mentally knowing that 15% is right here. And if I get there, then, oh God, I've got there. And I was at 16% before. So why can't I get down to 10 if I've already made that change? And then that builds up your confidence onwards. It's so true. I mean, there's this, I'm sure you've, 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 you've come across this, this idea of neuroplasticity and the idea that you can actually physiologically create new connections in your brain as a result of doing small but continuous things um and 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 over time your brain actually you know you 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 begin to be you become you begin to become a lot more adept a lot more skilled at doing those things but 
people often think, well, I haven't got that skill, right? I haven't got that natural ability. But what I've learned, and this was this was the hard way, that actually you can build an ability to do things as a result of doing small parts of it on a daily consistent basis, which is just like, it sounds like really, really, you know, I suppose cheesy, but it's it's so true that the brain is a lot more malleable and a lot more, you know, you can you, you can shape it yeah. to, to so much but of a degree. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of experts will say in neuroplasticity and and neuroscience is so much of the learning can happen through just your mind. If you're trying to learn how to do a box jump better or a golf swing or a tennis swing or right left handed anything any skill. Just by not doing the action, but closing your mind, meditating, and then imagining you doing it with perfection and going through the motion, you are actually creating the hardwire the hard in your brain to improve that skill. Isn't that incredible? And also, I think so many of us, well, we do, we go through life thinking so many of the same thoughts every single day, whether it's 60,000, 80,000 thoughts every single day what percentage of those are just the same as yesterday? And having that awareness first uh, is a great um, opportunity to then challenge yourself every day to think, what creative space can I put myself in to create something new in my mind? Because nothing happens without you thinking it first, whether that's in the morning and and you you go through what your perfect day looks like or creating your goals, meditating and manifesting, I think are really important steps to achieving anything because nothing happens without you um, uh, creating it first in your mind. And I think think that goes back to what we were saying earlier about the, the fear of failure, right? In the sense that, you know, often we... It is, a, it is a mindset thing where we become so overwhelmed with the magnanimity of this big goal that we've got that we then stop taking action. But it's about taking small steps towards that that you then build up confidence over time. And I want to I touch on failure specifically because I can only imagine, um, you know, launching your own business, um, be, you know, becoming, you know, um, someone who is, who is incredibly well-known in the, in the, in the fitness industry um, and obviously going into acting, um, I can only imagine some of the hardest moments in your life that you've had to kind of overcome. What would you say has been the hardest thing you've had to overcome in your in your in your life so far? Hmm. Well, I I always remember the challenge that I faced, a, a, a couple of challenges that jump out in my career with fitness and crockfit and the app is the transitions that i had to make from personal trainer to online online fitness um to the world to then pdf to application and looking back it it could seem like natural transitions but at the time they were quite risky they were different to what any of my friends any of my peers were doing and there were moments of of I guess mini failures stagnations and wondering whether I'm taking the right steps so from going from a full-time personal trainer where I kind of hit the limit in regards to I don't have any more time in the day to see more people therefore I can't earn more money I can't help more people where do I go from here I had to significantly reduce my time with with working to -to one-to-one people at the gym that I was at so I could put the time and effort into building my crockfit business and to fuel my inspiration of wanting to reach more and more people and that brought a lot of challenges with the gym that I was at. Hey, Alex, you are our top PT. Why are you underperforming by 50% and you're, you're losing clients, you're seeing them less, what's going on? And that was the start of quite a conflicting 
relationship with my employer as a personal trainer. And I knew that I had something that I was really inspired and motivated to do with an online business, with social media and um, with the programs I was creating. It inevitably led to a point of being, shall we say, um, asked to leave, removed, that they were looking for any excuses. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was also running like a, a very minor business with my friends in regards to a weekend boot camp which was basically our clients from the gym yeah yeah <laughs> so the reason we would get fired for running a separate business is if it was bringing in separate clients yeah. or taking them away yeah. if anything it was aiding our our work that we were doing in the gym it got to the point where i had to leave the gym and crockfit was at its early days it was not earning the same amount of money for me as being a personal trainer. And I had a choice to either fight for my job, which I most probably would have won because the grounds were terrible. Yeah. Or I say, thank you, universe. This is the kick up the ass I need to make this work. And I had this deep feeling of knowing that I had to make this work. Um, so that was a real big challenge, a moment of focus, maybe a mini failure that propelled me into a moment moment of success of I've got to make CrocFit work because I love it. I want to help people. Um, I've got stuff to do. And right then I was a a mini entrepreneur businessman that I didn't, nobody teaches you these things of creating a website, making automation, sending out products. I didn't know any of this. I luckily had an amazing friend and client that, helped me right in the early days but before then I was doing it all myself not understanding what to do but I think that failure there and probably all failures happen as a trigger for some lesson that you have to learn or a leapfrog moment to the direction that you need to go always either it's a a lesson for you to do something better next time or it's a nudge to say, you don't need to be here anymore. You you want to go in this direction. And <clears throat> my personality has been at times where I stay in places too long <laughs> and I need a bit of a, a kick up the arse. Maybe that's my life lesson here on, in this lifetime is how to be a little bit more confrontational to my needs rather than holding on to something too long. Um, it's been a pattern that's occurred many times. That was one big challenge. The next challenge was a few years later where I knew that this CrocFit business and helping lots of people in this PDF document way was a way that the industry was working at the time. And what I was doing quite uniquely was now every fitness Instagrammer's job of, hey, I've got an online plan. Do you want to buy it? And I was like, I'm now one of thousands and before I felt quite unique and helping. And this was 2018. Apps were not very common. Now that pattern is repeated and everybody's Mm -hmm. probably got an app. But at that time, I knew that I either stagnate and stay here or as a business, I need to push further and take it to the next level. This is where it's a lot more financially risky i've got to put money into it i've got to take the jumps that are required and <clears throat> i think i think i i pretty much used all of the money that i has had saved up from the business so it was full on risk wow. and and i didn't leave much cash behind so it was it, it was a big risk but i knew that it was the direction i needed to go in it was either that way or no way probably so that was another challenge which um has continued to be a challenge and a, and a business since and it's been fantastic and it's brilliant and it's working very well now but there's been moments i guess um i don't know how much we want to talk about business on on this podcast but i then a couple of years later went into another transition of i had to i've been selling individual programs this whole time 
and I needed to transition into a subscription model now that I've got so many products and, and a massive service to give. So basically taking my monthly income for CrocFit from whatever I'm selling to basically ground zero to pick up subscriptions from zero upwards wow. with new with new people. So that was probably the biggest challenge there. And, and um, that took quite a while to actually build up to a place of, of success and to stop burning into money because I'm, I'm developing the app continuously every month to make it better for people to bring on new programs to increase the features and you know because you're in some software yourself yeah, and yeah. websites and services um, it's a continuous journey of, of improving the service and the software um, so there's been continuous challenges Thankfully, not massive failures. Physical failures, there's been injury after injury. <laughs> maybe, oh I need to, maybe I need to stop saying that so I stop getting injured. But, um, well, the burpee challenge left me in a bad state, that's for sure. But hopefully nothing long-term damage yeah. happened from that. Yeah. But I, I, ra- I ran a couple of half marathons and a marathon with a really bad knee. And this is where it comes into where I spoke about before in regards to knowing when to keep pushing because of stubbornness and when to have the self-awareness of when to pull back. And I remember running a a half marathon and even a a marathon under sponsorship and connection with brands and and having probably too much of an ego and too um, too much riding on it for me to either pull out or do what I what I needed to do to recover my knee and kept on pushing through and after that my knee was bad for so long I eventually went for a MRI and there was uh, ligament damage medial medial meniscus damage and and all sorts and the expert says you can't do much to improve this it's ligaments and stuff but my my belief as a late twenties year old at that point was I've got my life ahead. I'm not believing you right now. I'm going to yeah. do everything I can to um, be the fittest I've ever been. And I don't that those challenges. I think you've got to be faced with with enough contrast and, and negativity f- to um, birth the desire of being the fittest or the strongest that you want to be for your life. Um, so since then, I've just continued to work on what do I need to do to continue yeah, gaining yeah. fitness and be strong. I mean, just, just, I mean, your, your, um, that, that story about leaving or being asked to leave, uh, your, your gym and, um, that kind of universe saying to you, right, you know, it's two options here uh, I mean I've, I've got a real belief that when that that there's there's two things here. The, the first thing is that failure in life I do believe can often be a make or break situation in the sense that like when I look back at my you know what what's what's led me to the path I'm on right now and everything else that's somewhat good in my life it was because it, it can all relate back to a moment in my life where I was just completely down. Like in the, like again, like getting back to my fitness journey, if I hadn't been so overweight, anxious, maybe a bit depressed, really unhappy, hated my job, hated my boss, you know, um, I had to be in, in my head, I had to be at a complete low to then rise up again. And I, and I do think that that can be a massive learning lesson. But the other thing I sort of learned was, and, and you might have realized this when you were starting um, CrocFit, was when you tell the world that you're going to do something, it's, it's, it's almost the, 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 the world kind of says, okay, <laughs> let's help you. And like people say, you know, d- don't tell people your goals. Don't, don't be so brash and so you know, arrogant about the things you want to achieve. But I, from my experience, when I tell people about what I want to achieve, you know, people are like, oh yeah, I can, I can help you with that. 
And it's like <laughs> it's just it's just this this weird thing. I'm not sure if you if you if you. If this you, is you, so you, true. Yeah, it's so true. I completely agree with that. Um, whether the, whether it's the self accountability you need to say, well, I've told the world now, so I've got to go after it. Yeah, that's one part. But what you're saying as well, the universe and the people around you start to coordinate and synchronize to help you work towards it. And I think sometimes, um, I think we're sometimes scared to even tell ourselves our goals because mm. you don't what you don't that fear factor comes in. You don't want to acknowledge the thing that you don't have yet and that you want, and it's too big to achieve. But as soon as you start talking out loud to others about it, that's just putting it out there and there's always somebody that can help you and then your goals become or feel a lot more smaller when things start to happen so that is just so so true and the comment you said before is so true as well about having to be dropped down to nothing to to really want it more and it's inevitable i think it's human nature that we have to feel really sick to to be healthy. We have to feel really weak to be strong. And we, um, it's, it's the natural. Sometimes we don't want to be really healthy if we're if we don't have any health scares yeah. because we're riding along fine. So why would we want to? So somebody that comes with um, borderline diabetes or a cancer scare or um, they've had a minor stroke or something. These are often the wake up cool moments mm. that triggers them to be the healthiest that they've ever been because sometimes the trigger isn't there. So why would they want to be? So I, I think there's a, a natural element there. But what I'm what I always trying to um, get out there is to if you're not truly healthy and you haven't had any scares or you don't feel particularly unwell or sick, um, try to find the inspiration to be really, really healthy yeah, absolutely, and work absolutely. on that prevention rather than waiting for the moment that absolutely. triggers you. Absolutely. I think, and I, th- I think often it's not always the health scare, but it could be as, as, um, as important in that person's life to fit into that wedding dress for their wedding or it could be like you know um I I just don't look great in the mirror and I want to look good in the mirror but it's it's that kind of deep it's so deep rooted for them but it's not they're like at an absolute absolute low but the importance of what they're trying to achieve is so so important that it's enough of a carrot at the end um to 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 get started um yeah alex i want to touch on one last thing and this is um every single episode uh, we ask someone to pop a question for the next presenter so the last presenter uh the, the last the last speaker um wanted to ask you i guess um what would you tell your younger self my younger self <clears throat> well Linking back to everything that we've spoken about today already, I think this should relate quite well, is all of your dreams and goals are completely possible. You'll reach them and beyond what you can even imagine right now. So just keep going. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful, man. Um, And... uh... What would be your question for the next for the next guest? Hmm. Well, it's like an extension of what we just said. The question would be, what is it that you wanted to achieve when you were younger and have done? Oh, and, and have and have achieved now. And <laughs> if you are where you are now, I'm sure you could paraphrase this and make this a lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, if you were your future self, having this conversation about where you are now, then what is it that you wish to achieve right now? Ah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really beautiful. I'm gonna. Love, that was, that's been a spark. Such an amazing conversation. I'm sure. Um, I hope so. 
Alex, honestly, this is um, pr- this is the only podcast I've done. I've done about forty-five odd so far, where the time has just gone like that. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much. You're obviously a very very busy guy. Achieved so much, and um, honestly, like the the process of researching into you um, was actually quite enjoyable and 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 and, and quite quite fun. And on, on, and honestly, I felt quite inspired in the process of reading into you, which is just amazing. So, thank you so much uh, for giving us and for giving me an amazing opportunity to kind of speak to you, delve into how you've got to where you are, and hopefully, some people out there will have a listen and make you know, one small change towards um, towards their goals, towards their fitness or towards something that is meaningful and relatable to them specifically. Alex, thank you so much, man. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about the these mindset elements and real elements and how they can be crossed over all parts of your life. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you.